0: What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip.
1: Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me?
2: <laughs> ECW one-weight champion. The ECW. When you want the
3: load down the professional wrestling, come right here to the two-man power trip of wrestling. You'll get all the load down. Ha, 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 ha.
1: Well, guys, it's great to be on the, on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. It just You said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now.
2: I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. but Chad and John, the two-man power trip. That's, uh, that's an awesome uh, name for yourselves.
1: Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man, what's going on? We ready to go or what? Oh, okay.
2: This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Scotty Riggs, and you're listening to the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling.
0: Hey, man, what's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's
1: my homie! Homicide with a big homie club! Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling.
2: Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me.
4: This is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good friends over at the Loot Locker. The Loot Locker is a monthly box service for sports card collectors that is full of surprises and delivered right to your mailbox every single month, including hobby packs and official ultra pro supplies, and it'll feature baseball, football, football, basketball hockey or even movies and television you never know what you're going to get in your loot locker and you can find out more about the loot locker at the loot and a little bit more from the loot locker a little later on in the show as we tell you about a special promotion that we'll be running on next week's amazing show and if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad. And as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, primetime John Paz. And John, today on the show, it is an extremely good lineup as we are, you like what I did there, right? As we are joined by three members from the original version of ECW. First, our very good and longtime close personal friend just incredible join us as well as two guests that we have not had on before but one of them I know you've been chasing down for a long time and that is the one and only Amish Roadkill and the other is a name that I know is going to uh, definitely turn some heads Uh, just from putting out a preview a couple days ago it's already caused a little bit of a stir as we are joined by the one and only voice of ECW Joey Styles And John, coming off a weekend like we did where I was down doing my thing in Virginia and West Virginia with the WWE Hall of Famer Coco Beware... You were taking care of some two-man power trip of wrestling business up in Philadelphia at the Icons of Professional Wrestling and Comic Book Collector Fest, with a couple great names, a couple huge ECW legends in Joey Styles and Raven, and of course, PJ, just incredible. But it was the time that you spent with Joey Styles that I know really meant a lot to you, and as we dive deep into this episode, and it's going to feature interviews that you did conduct at the Icons of Wrestling, uh, I know when we talk about Joey Styles, there's so much that we can get into but right out of the gate tell us a little bit about the day tell us a little bit about the interview and it's one thing to interview Joey Styles but it's another thing to actually get the opportunity to interview Joey Styles in his home away from home, the former ECW Arena Yes, Chad,
3: back here again for another amazing episode at the two-man power trip of wrestling and Boy, this is a big one with Joey Styles, the voice of ECW, the extreme announcer, and now being referred to as the voice of the indies, which is awesome. But Chad, you know, you just made a statement, perhaps the understatement of the century. To talk to Joey Styles was definitely an absolute honor, and to talk to Joey Styles at the ECW Arena, no less, was surreal. And then we had a great opportunity and a great chance to work with Joey at the big Icons Collector Fest in Philly at the ECW Arena for uh, RF video and for House of Hardcore. So, great event over there. Awesome time. Made it a little bit more special giving all the uh, ECW legends were there and especially working with Just Incredible, Raven, and our guest today, Joey Styles. And that was... uh, quite a treat for me i mean i had a, a great deal of fun joey's an awesome guy just to spend some time with and just you know kind of shoot the shit if you will so talk a little bit about the wrestling business talk a little bit about his career talk about what he thought of the ECW arena kind of talking about what he thought of the new look of the 2300 arena excuse me no longer christened ECW arena but You know, the place has gone over a lot of changes over the years. And he said, which is pretty funny, it almost doesn't look like the same place. He couldn't believe it was the same place. So it was great to kind of get that opinion of him. And the guy who's kind of the voice of that arena, if you just think about that place and just think about, you know, what kind of goes through your head when you think about it. Obviously, that Shane Douglas promo. Obviously, maybe even Taz versus Bigelow or the Triple Threat or Raven versus Dreamer, Raven versus Salmon, you know, all the memories that kind of come through your head as you're thinking of the ECW arena. But who is the voice of those memories? Who is that, you know, everlasting thing that you just keep hitting in your head, kind of thinking, what is that memory? What kind of stamps it? And that is definitely the voice of ECW, and that's Joey Styles. And it was just so cool to be able to you know, get his opinion on all those things that happened in ECW, what he was thinking at that point, obviously a lot of time has passed and his life has obviously has changed a lot, being a 21-year-old kid, being the lead announcer in ECW, and then, you know, coming full circle and being at the ECW unit 20-something years later as You know, a very, very established, famous announcer. So it's very, very cool, and it's very, very interesting to to tie all that into you know us bringing him in, him being wildly popular, hugely successful venture for the two man power trip. So it's just awesome on that end. But then on the other front, the historical value of it and getting that kind of perspective on him which was really cool and i loved hearing what he thought about what he's doing now he's kind of been the voice of the indies or he's you know attempting to be the voice of the indies working with gabe sapolsky and evolve working with mike quackenbush and chikara working with all these different guys possibly working with beyond wrestling so very very cool stuff a lot of great stuff from joey and i really 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 enjoyed this interview and it's quite a rare one because he's not doing a hell of a lot of them so awesome stuff by joey i just want to thank him again for being quite a guest for the two-man power trip
4: One of the things that I find to be really funny about what Joey says in the interview about the 2300 Arena, formerly ECW Arena, is that he actually was uh, saying it's a little cold in there and back way back in the early stages of ECW there was no air conditioning and obviously John I know you've been in the building before there was no real plumbing at one point and you know there was no uh, no real place to take a shower and it was not really the greatest of venues for professional wrestling but it had its own mystique It had its own character. It definitely had its appeal to that hardcore fan and somebody who wants to experience it. But, you know, you think about the moments, you think about the time Joey spent there, obviously, like he said, from when he was in his early 20s uh, all the way through when ECW closed. And all the moments in between that had occurred, whether it was from the business standpoint or the personal standpoint, you can't discount the job that Joey Styles did as an announcer and getting the ECW product over to a fan base that was largely... Uh, you had to be there. I mean, yes, you got it on TV, and we got it up in New York. Uh, on MSG for uh, for quite a while until they went to TNN but you had to be in the ECW arena to experience it and even there you knew Joey Styles was the man either if he was hosting the beginning of the show in the ring or it was an interview segment going on Joey Styles was the man and John you get to talk to him about the announcers that he might be compared to you get to talk to him about what he's going to be doing into the future and not dwelling on some parts of the past and obviously specifically talking about uh, departing WWE this past summer at the end of uh, you know, sort of in the end of August, but we're going to march forward, we're going to move forward and John, when you talk about Joey as an announcer, he's definitely up there with some of the greatest names in the history of professional wrestling
3: Yes, Chad, you know thinking about Joey Styles and just think about his career and where he ended up, obviously we don't talk a lot about his former employer if you will in this interview I mean we do mention them and we talk about them a little bit but that's not really the focus of this interview we really wanted to focus on his future what he's doing kind of not even within the wrestling business we do talk about ad sales and being a salesman and doing stuff outside of the wrestling business kind of your Monday to Friday nine to five kind of thing what he's been doing and what you know and then what are you going to be doing on the weekends what kind of wrestling are you going to be doing what are you going to be doing with so that was a cool part of the interview A little bit about the past, a lot about the future, a lot about the independence, a lot about Evolve and Chikara and maybe some other leagues in there, House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer, so on and so forth. But I really wanted to kind of say this to you, Chad, and I know you kind of have the same feeling, is what an amazing announcer he really was. And and at the end of the interview, I kind of threw out there, where do you rank in the pantheon of announcers? Like, where do you think you kind of fit in there? And we kind of have our own opinion. Obviously, he has his own opinion. But you got Gordon Soley, you got Jim Ross, you got so many other great announcers. I used to love Gorilla Monsoon. Even Vince was pretty decent. I mean, you got these great announcers kind of mixed in there, and then now you have a guy that does boxing, kickboxing, MMA, and now SmackDown with Mauro Ranallo. So you got so many great announcers, and kind of where do you rank, Joey, and where does Joey Styles rank? And me personally, he ranks near the top. I mean, I always put Jim Ross as my top guy, and Gordon Soly is always up there because he's such a legend, and that voice is so iconic. And to think about what he was able to do as that singular announcer, not bouncing anything off anybody, he was just that solo guy. And Joey ranks up right up there, I'd say slightly behind those guys, and think back on Gordon Soli. I'm saying solo announcer. Joey Styles did the same thing. And there wasn't a lot of announcers that are able to pull that off. And there sure as hell isn't a lot of announcers that just can't do it. And Joey Styles, for a while, was being that solo announcer and that solo guy. And it's just so cool to think about it. Like, that's old school. That's like Gordon Soli doing it. And he was able to pull it off so, so well. And he ranks up there pretty high on my list. But. You know, I kind of talked to Joey a little bit uh, behind the scenes, if you will, off off air. You know, kind of who was his favorite guys to announce with, because he was not only great by himself, but he was also great when he had a tag partner, when he had a a color guy to go along with his play by play. And I personally like Rick Rude. I don't know if Joey was too much of a fan of Rick, because he was kind of um, not as polished as some other guys he worked with. I know Joey said he absolutely loved. Working with Cyrus the Virus, Don Callis, which was just a perfect combination of, you know, that face heel dynamic that I love, the old Grill Monsoon, Bobby Heenan dynamic, which is so great. But then the franchise Shane Douglas walked by and said, Hey, what about Shane? And he said, Shane was awesome. If Shane wanted to he could have been one one of the best color guys but that's just not something he you know wanted to do and even the WBF at one point wanted Shane to be a color commentator obviously he used Dean Douglas instead and we all know what happened there but think about Joey not only being a great solo announcer but he's also able to have great chemistry with a lot of great partners so He ranks up there pretty high in the pantheon of great announcers for me, and I know he himself is pretty humble about it,
4: even though he probably really shouldn't be. Sometimes you just never know what you're going to get when you ask that legacy question, and where do you see yourself, you know, in, like you said, the pantheon of other announcers, and some guys think it's uh, an ego thing, some guys think that it's, uh, you know, they're due to give the legacy, and obviously Joey kind of clearly states that he thinks it's an ego thing, so he's going to leave it up to the fans but i know the fans are going to absolutely love this interview uh it's a great walk down memory lane and how we're going to structure the rest of the show is we're going to come back from joey styles and john's going to tell you a little bit about roadkill and then we're going to throw it to roadkill and go right into just incredible to close out the show so john we'll tell him a little bit about our new sponsor in the loot locker right now And definitely just want to remind you, today's episode is brought to you by The Loot Locker and TheLootLocker.com. And next week, we're going to have a really cool promotion, uh, similar to the vein that we did with Leighton Sports Cards, where we're going to do a Twitter promotion to give away a subscription to uh, possibly uh, multiple, maybe one. We're not sure yet. We're still finalizing those details. Uh, loot lockers to a couple love- lucky listeners and uh, we definitely wish you the best of luck in that and of course like I mentioned earlier the loot locker is a monthly box subscription of sports cards and that's for the people who can't go out to a hobby shop or they can't get to a store and get the premium sports cards that they want and whether it's baseball or football or basketball or hockey or even television and movies there's a loot locker for everybody and one of the coolest things about the loot locker is that it actually comes comes in a locker-looking box, and uh, definitely can't wait to get my own Loot Locker, and I will be opening that for you guys next week on the show, so you can kind of get a preview as to what you will expect, and obviously, these are not just any kind of packs. These are highly sought-after packs. These are what they call hobby packs, where you've got a greater chance at some really unique memorabilia and some really cool autograph cards, and we definitely want to thank the Loot Locker for coming on board. Again, it's the thelootlocker.com. Um, And we're going to have a lot more from them in the coming weeks, and we're really looking forward to working with them on next week's show, which is going to be an amazing show once all that stuff is announced. Uh, But, John, before we get it on over to Joey Styles, why don't you do what you do best and hit him with a little bit of Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling Business and get this extreme show on the road.
3: And now, for some TMPT business, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Two Man Power Trip and at Rasslin Please subscribe to us on YouTube, where you can hear the latest and greatest clips. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the late, great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, WWE's lead attorney, Jerry McDivitt. Jesse the Body Ventura The Phenomenal AJ Styles Ricky the Dragon Steamboat Stan the Lariat Hansen, The Magnificent Don Morocco Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff And many, many, many more Also, check out our website TMPTOfWrestling.com That is TMPTOfWrestling.com While you're surfing the net Also, check out Wrestling Inc. Yes, that's WrestlingInc.com You'll see us on there Many times a week and it is the best wrestling site as far as wrestling news and information is concerned. Also, please check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, ProWrestlingTees.com. You could check out our page on there as well as Paul, Mr. Wonderful Landorf, Buff Bagwell, Tito Santana, and our main man, Kevin Thorne. So please go over to ProWrestlingTees.com and check that out. Also, for our Android listeners, please check out player fm and now without any further ado the former voice of ECW the extreme announcer and now the voice of the indies he is one of the all-time greatest announcers he is Joey Styles please enjoy Thank you. ECW Arena, the former ECW Arena, now the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with the voice of ECW, the Golden God himself, Joey Styles. Joey, welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Thank you for being here today.
0: Uh, John, thank you very much. uh, I'm amazed by this little tiny microphone Mm -hmm. that you can plug into your iPhone. I think that's awesome, and as you know, I'm a big fan of uh, technology and all things digital. So uh, this is already a lot of fun to do, regardless of what you ask me.
3: So, obviously, we're here in the ECW arena. You were the voice of ECW, or was the voice of ECW. What is it like being back at the arena, and have you noticed some uh, key changes here at the arena?
0: Um, I can't believe this is the same building, um, to be honest. Uh, it was a dump. Um, I, it's too cold in here because of the air conditioning, and I never thought I would complain about it being too cold in this arena because it never had air conditioning, and in the summer, I used to sweat through my suits. Um, Also, right above us is a lighting rig, a professional lighting rig, which is built into the arena. There's a professional sound system built into the arena. They have video walls. This is a uh, first-class facility with uh, real bathrooms and real showers and and two different bars, and they sell food, and it's just absolutely amazing. In fact, uh, I don't even recognize it. Um, and it, it really is just a, a phenomenal facility for wrestling or boxing or, or MMA, and it is a thrill to be back here and, uh, and, and, and see the, the renovations.
3: Now, thinking back to ECW when you were the voice of ECW and it's going good in its glory days, do you remember this building fondly, or do you remember coming here thinking like, "Wow, this this is going to be you know a crazy night"? But this building, you know, could need a little bit of a uh, little bit of touch up.
0: Um, that never bothered me. Um, I always had a good time. I was always excited driving down here. Um, I'd, I'd rather appear in in this building than any other building, and, and this is. Uh, I certainly don't want to disparage uh, Madison Square Garden or or any arena I've been in with 80,000 fans. But being here is more emotional. It means more to me because of Barely Legal and all the the great shows that we did. Um, So, no, it never bothered me that it it wasn't fancy. And it doesn't bother me now uh, working for different indies where the buildings are not fancy. Uh, To me, that's just fun.
3: Now with the original ECW, obviously there's so many fond memories, you just mentioned Barely Legal. With this being ECW and the fans being the way they are, are you really looking forward to meeting the fans today? Because they're known as being some of the most rabid, crazy, loyal fans ever in the history of the business.
0: Um, Absolutely, and and I I think there'll be some original fans here. And what I find now, um, because of the the programming from 20 years ago being available uh, online, you know, video on demand that um, a whole new generation of fans come up and say hey you know I, I watched what you did back in, in South Philly um, and, and I say are you really old enough to uh, have have seen it and they say uh, no I, I, I watch it now on, on video on demand on subscription and I, I watch it with my, my dad so it's amazing and and because of the global reach um, I get fan mail not just from the United States but from as you might imagine Japan um, the UK, all over Europe, and I got my first piece of fan mail from China, which was amazing. Yeah, that was absolutely um, amazing, and the, the the very nice, respectful letter was written in broken English. So somebody went through the trouble of going online and using a translator. And I, no, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm I'm flattered by it. It is it is wonderful, um, and I'm looking forward to meeting some of the original fans and some new fans here today.
3: Now, obviously the arena has changed a lot and like you said you're doing a lot of indies now and different things like that what was it like working with chikara and mike quack and bush and the gang over there doing the trios tournament and really getting back into the indie scene
0: um it was a lot of fun uh originally i, I wasn't going to announce i was just going to make uh, appearances like i am with you but then you know there are people you know uh, from this business, and, I, and I'm willing to work with people I know or who come recommended by people I know. So, obviously, Gabe started here in the arena. He started the Sabu Fan Club. Um, he was selling programs. Uh, he, he was learning just just like I was at the same age. Um, of course, we had different roles. So, I reached out to Gabe about Evolve because, you know, they had a lot of great buzz uh, with so many of their competitors in the Cruiserweight Classic And uh, we worked out a deal where um, I'm now, I guess, the authority figure. I I can make matches, uh, stop matches, restart matches. Um, I also, you know, make appearances. Uh, I call the main events with Lenny Leonard, who is um, absolutely phenomenal. My first match back, I did play-by-play for the Evolve Championship match between Timothy Thatcher and Drew Gulak. And, uh, and Lenny was nice enough to slide over and do color. Um, obviously, it's it's his job. It's his spot. He does play-by-play. And I slide in for the main events and do color commentary, which is so easy. It's like a night off. I, I can't believe people get paid for color commentary. The play-by-play man does all the prep and research and work. And you just get to sit there and bounce off of him and hopefully be witty. And it, you should know how to... analyze uh, the holds and and, and the psychology and and it's a lot of fun it really is a lot of fun and uh, and then of course Gabe introduced me to Mike Quackenbush of Chikara I was a little familiar with Chikara but I kind of dismissed it as being silly and cartoonish but also you know when I originally worked in this building uh, as the extreme announcer I was 21 so I didn't have a problem with blood and gore and uh, women flashing, and profanity, and now being 45, and the uh, uh, the father of a 13 year old, and an active member of the Knights of Columbus, uh, a very family friendly show where the fans chant "Holy poop," and I'm not paraphrasing. In Chikara, they actually chant "Holy poop," right. and and you do not swear, you do not use foul language, you you do not do you no know, crotch shops, There there is there is nothing untoward. And once you buy into it, the wrestling ants, the thunder frog with the with the hammer of truth that only he can lift like Thor's hammer, um, the boar, the the the, uh, the proletariat boar of, of Moldova, los ice creams, which is Spanish for the ice creams, and then there were mermaids, and and, and there are just all these crazy characters. And the first night. Um, I was really just laughing in, into the microphone as I was calling the matches and, and fans seemed to appreciate it. They, di- they didn't hold that against me because, especially first time fans, it's, it's hard not to. I mean, there there are bicyclists and there are all kinds of crazy characters. So um, it's kind of like anime come to life and uh, it's a lot of fun. So going forward, I will be working with Evolve. I will be talking, uh, I will be working with Chikara. I'm talking to Beyond Wrestling in New England tomorrow. So I, I started uh, my career as uh, the voice of ECW, and now going forward, I'd like to be the voice of the indies. You know, uh, uh, you know indies that I feel are special, or have a good buzz, or people I know, and uh, that are Tommy Dreamer approved because he knows the scene and, and tells me who I can trust and such. Um, so that's what I want to do going forward, and it, it, it's a great way to spend Saturdays. Um, you know, I, I still get to, to be home at night and on Sundays with my family, which is wonderful. So I'm really just having the time of my life. I feel 21 again.
3: Now, you mentioned Gabe Sapolsky and Evolve. He's, if people don't know, great booker. He was a booker in Ring of Honor when they are at their hottest point. But with Evolve, you see Cody Rhodes, you see Drew Galloway, you see all, these, all, these, all these great guys. But then you have underrated guys like Drew Gulak, Timothy Thatcher, Matt Riddle. What do you think about Evolve and calling those matches? Have you seen a certain, you know, almost like unbelievable underrated talent pool coming out of Evolve?
0: Well, you know, I would say half the Evolve roster um, mainstream fans have seen uh, in the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, So, and and, you know, WWN Live, which uh, does the internet pay-per-views and the live video streaming, has, has just exploded in popularity because of being on all the Cruiserweight Classic shows. So... Um, you know, I, I had the pleasure of calling uh, uh, Zach Sabre Jr. versus Johnny Gargano uh, last weekend in Long Island. Uh, you know, I, I got to uh, work with T.J. Perkins and again, Drew Gulak and, and Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle is unbelievable and, and Gabe, uh, learning from Paul Heyman on the same night that he lost Johnny Gargano and T.J. Perkins elevated uh, Ethan Page to his number one bad guy. And I'd like to tell the story about when I uh, first walked into Evolve locker room in Brooklyn. Um, That was the the big uh, weekend for wrestling in Brooklyn. Uh, Ethan Page big-timing. I said hi to everybody. And uh, he claims he didn't see me, and it was an accident. But I think he big-timed me, so I think he's perfect to be their lead uh, uh, bad guy. And also, you know, losing, uh, you know, TJ Perkins. uh, So Ethan Page has been elevated to number one bad guy. And uh, losing Johnny Gargano, Matt Riddle was elevated to number one, good guy. That guy's dangerous. Um, From what I understand, um, he could be making a very good career as a successful UFC fighter, but instead said he didn't get into amateur wrestling as a kid to be an MMA fighter. Um, I think his exact quote was, hey, bro, I want to do tombstones, bro. Um, I want to be a pro wrestler, bro. I'm not making fun of Matt Riddle because I don't want to get my head knocked off. Um, but, uh, no, it, it, it's a great locker room. Uh, Chikara has a lot of great talent as well because, again, um, all the women were brought in from Japan. Um, uh, again, you know, Drew Gulak was there. Um, Johnny Gargano was there. His new wife, Candice LeRae, was there. Mickey James, uh, the former Victoria, now Lisa Marie. Uh, Jazz was there, so Chikara also has a nice mix. I'd say half of the wrestlers on their roster came out of their Wrestle Factory, which was right here in Philadelphia, in uh, Northeast Philly. I'm looking forward to visiting it. Um, uh, Mike Quackenbush tells me uh, when it's full they can get about uh, short of 200 people in there. Uh, I'm going to see if I can't use some of my marketing clout to get 250 people in there standing room only, and then uh, entertain 250 people. Uh, with my live promos and entertain thousands more on video on demand and live streaming pay-per-view.
3: So you're going to become the king of the indies. Just got to ask you, the oh my god catchphrase, which so many people probably said to you and so synonymous with you, where did that kind of birth from and did all the fans kind of just say to you, oh my
0: god, when they come and meet you? Uh, There's a big secret. Um, the oh my god scream was actually invented by my wife on our honeymoon. Uh, and before you sound too impressed with that, it was uh, 19 years ago and I haven't heard it since. Uh, no, I, I, there, there was some kind of crazy dangerous spot that happened in this building and my natural reaction was, oh my god, when I was voicing it over in the studio. And I looked at Paul Heyman and said, can I say oh my god? Because I didn't know. And he goes, yeah, that's going to be your new catchphrase. So it became my catchphrase. Uh, fans do like me to say it. They like me to scream it. Um, I use it very sparingly. In fact, I try not to use it because I don't want to just rest on my laurels and, and just be the you know the extreme announcer. But um, uh, a, a natural one came out of me um, uh, last week at Evolve. So sometimes it's just going to happen because it's everyone's natural reaction, you know, or, or a lot of people's when something uh, exciting happens. So you will hear it, but I'm I'm not going to be a parody of myself from uh, you know 24 years ago
3: now Joey obviously with wrestling everyone kinda of thinks as a fan looking in like oh you're just known for the wrestling business you just do wrestling that's it what is your life like outside of wrestling and what is it going to be kinda of in the future because you're such a smart guy and I don't know if all the fans realize just how smart and bright
0: and, and kinda of a future away from their business you really do have well I've got you fold if you think I'm that smart <laughs> uh, no all the years I was with ECW I was a uh, print media salesperson for a division of News Corp. Um, And then after ECW, as you know, I hadn't been in wrestling for five years, I continued to sell print media. Um, It wasn't until 2005 that wrestling became full time for me. I only spent two and a half years as an announcer before moving into digital media content and digital media sales. And uh, right now I'm uh, interviewing with several different um, marketing companies in, in New York City, and I'm going back into media sales. But now media is all about digital, and it's all about apps. And by October 1st, I expect to have a uh, full-time position. I don't want to name any one company because I, I'm going to be uh, choosing between a, a few. But uh, So basically, I'm, I'm going to end my career the way it started, having a uh, full-time career in New York City in sales, now digital instead of print, because the times have changed and I'll be spending uh, most weekends making local appearances within driving distance um, just for the fun of it. And again, I want to become the voice of the Indies.
3: Which is awesome to hear. Now, Tommy Dreamer obviously has the House of Hardcore. Obviously, ECW is a big part of this building. What do you think about Tommy Dreamer and House of Hardcore? Have you been able to check it out at all, or have you just been kind of going off of Tommy Dreamer's word? No, I
0: I check out everything. Even when I was working for my former employer, I went out of my way to watch everything. So I I was familiar with Chikara. I had seen some of it. Uh, I was very familiar with Evolve i had seen all episodes of lucha underground i had seen revolution pro in the uk uh, i had seen progress wrestling in the uk i had seen beyond wrestling out of boston of course i had seen house of hardcore um, i just wasn't able to attend any of the shows that was part of being an employee at my my former employer but uh no i couldn't be prouder of tommy um you know i i think i think tommy recently uh and he said this i'm not talking out of school he turned down an opportunity to re-sign with my former employer because he didn't want to give up uh, having his own company. And, you know, he, he runs shows, I believe, uh, once or twice a month um, and, and does very well. I believe he had 1,000 people last night in Long Island. He'll have probably 1,200 people here tonight in Philadelphia. And on the weekends that he's not doing that, um, he's still like a madman. In fact, I want to say last weekend... Friday night he was in Massachusetts for chaotic wrestling then he woke up early Saturday morning flew to Minnesota to work in Minnesota and then woke up very early Sunday morning and flew to San Antonio Texas so he probably doesn't even need to work outside the uh, the one weekend a month where he runs his own shows but he just loves it so much that he he just has a a work ethic that is unmatched so it kind of motivates me you know if he can do it uh, then I can do it. Of course, I don't bump. Um, you know, he does. So, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't possibly do it. I, I have all the respect in the world for, for, for the boys and, and the girls, men and the women. So, um, yeah, uh, the long answer to your short question is, I am very familiar with Tommy's company.
3: Now, one final question for me before we kind of wrap it up here. And this is kind of a generic question, but i got to ask because you had so many great moments in this place, the ECW Arena. Now it's the 2300 Arena, but ECW Arena to, to all the fans here. What's your favorite moment from here? Did anything really stick out or maybe two things that just stick out to you as like, wow, it was an amazing time at the ECW Arena?
0: Barely legal. Absolutely, hands down, barely legal. I had been calling everything uh, post-produced. Uh, a lot of people were under the false assumption that Paul Heyman fed me everything, which he did You know, in 1992 and 1993 in the studio to teach me, using the exact same techniques that Jim Ross taught him. And he told me, Jim Ross told me this, now I'm telling you. So um, you know, by April 13th, 1997, we were gonna find out if I could really, you know, it was make or break for my career to call um, wrestling, specifically a pay-per-view live, and I was gonna be the first person ever to do it by myself. Um, and there were a lot of Japanese wrestlers, so I had to go ahead and, uh, and do that on my own, and I did. And I made history, and uh, that was my, my best night, and uh, there was so much emotion uh, heading into it uh, that after it, I remember um, walking from uh, the Eagle's Nest above the front door towards the stage where the hard camera was, In tears, and it was the first time I ever cried tears of happiness in in my life, or tears of relief. And uh, and I I, my my eyes were fixated through the crowd on my uh, my fiance at the time, now my wife of 19 years, and uh, she was crying, and I was crying, and it was probably going to be the most emotional embrace of our life before our wedding. And, uh, of course, an emotional Paul Heyman stepped in between and hugged me instead. So uh, that, that, ma- that makes for a, a great Paul Heyman story. Yeah. So that, that's my, my greatest memory of this arena. And uh, I am not scheduled to be on Tommy's show tonight, but I would not put it past him to ask me to stay and use me in some capacity. So maybe I'll make some new memories.
3: Awesome. Now, Joey, one last thing. Where can the fine folks find Joey Styles? They want to reach out, touch you. You know, Twitter, Facebook. Where can they reach Joey Styles? Maybe even for a booking or so.
0: Uh, the only uh, social media I have is Twitter at Joey Styles. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to plug myself. If uh, you want to book me to uh, come announce the main event, if you have big name stars at your indie or, or come be a guest commissioner for the night, or just sign autographs. Uh, my email address for business is Joey Styles at joeystyles.com I'm very big into branding <laughs> nice now one final final thing I promise the pantheon of great
3: announcers of all time Gordon Solie, kind of goes to Jim Ross Joey Styles Mauro Ranallo all these guys where do you see yourself in that legacy of great legendary announcers
0: Um, I think that's very kind of you. I don't know if I belong with all of them. I don't think about my legacy. That's an ego thing. Um, As far as how I want people to remember me is as a good friend and a good person and a good husband and as a good father. And if people never even remember that Joe Bonsignor uh, worked in pro wrestling as Joey Styles, um, that's okay. But I don't don't think in those terms. You know, I, I was... I was happy to have a great career. I'm happy to have a career going forward, but, but I, don't, I don't think of legacy or anything like that. That's, that's kind of an egotistical thing, and I don't like to go there.
3: Joey Styles, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you very, very much.
0: Uh, thank you for not asking me to scream, oh, my God, like a trained monkey. <laughs> but I just uttered the word, so you got it.
3: <laughs> thank you very much, Joey. here. Next up is another interview I conducted at the ECW Arena, now known as the 2300 Arena, with the angry Amish warrior himself, yes, with Roadkill, and we talk a great deal, not really a very long interview, kind of short, but we do talk a great deal about ECW Arena, his favorite moments there, what happened at the ECW Arena, kind of what makes the ECW Arena so iconic and so famous. And really, you know, his favorite moments there, whether it be as a tag team with Danny Doring, whether it be his debut, whether it be Taz versus Bigelow or whatever it might be, his favorite moments at DCW Arena, we touch on it and we just had a lot of fun catching up with Roadkill. I talked to him a little bit the time before this at the, the first ever Icon Show and we just talked about, you know basically bringing him on for an interview eventually and stuff so at this time i really couldn't pass it up and i really really enjoyed talking to him what a great guy and it was cool kind of finding out what he is doing today so coming up right at you right now next the angry amish warrior himself the former and last he actually says current ecw tag team champion he is amish roadkill please enjoy we're back here at the ECW Arena, now christened D 2300 Arena with former ECW World Tag Team Champion, the angry Amish warrior, Roadkill. Hey Roquel, how's it going? Chickens.
1: <laughs> the last ECW World Tag Team Champions with Danny Dory.
3: That is Final. true. That is true. should have mentioned the last. What is your feelings back? Obviously this was the ECW Arena, now the 2300 Arena, but in essence it's still the ECW Arena. What's your feeling being back here? It
1: looks very different very different but the the feelings are the same you know you come in this building and i was on ring crew i was on team taz in this building we would be here at one o'clock in in the afternoon and set up the ring and set up all the the banners and whatnot in the entrance way i spent a lot of time in this place from 19 to 21 and uh my age not the years clearly (laughs) but uh it was a lot of fun man It's a great place and there's still great wrestling going on here because dreamer tommy dreamers capturing what we had in ecw again with house of hardcore now you were part of the
3: original original house of hardcore you know 20 years ago or so what was that like you know you were kind of touching on a little bit
1: it was it was really cool today actually because i saw one of my trainers perry saturn so it was the house of hardcore in the house of hardcore before the house of hardcore
3: Hmm, interesting (laughs) <laughs> nice little twist on it. Obviously, Saturn, ECW legend, great wrestler as well. But you mentioned Danny Doring before. I got to like, got to ask you this: How did you guys become a tag team? Because it seems like an odd pairing, but maybe not. You tell me.
1: We uh, we were wrestling each other in the school. Paulie saw us wrestle each other. He was there to cut promo, you know, film promos for Taz, and uh, that's on YouTube too, where Danny actually gets stretched by Taz. You hear? Ugh! But Paul was there that day, and. Uh, he saw us wrestling each other, and for some reason he stuck us together. And then it ended up being, like, uh, Al Snow was around. So Danny was supposed to be, uh, like, Ziggler. Like,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: He was supposed to be, like, the Boogie Nights guy. And I was supposed to be the Kingpin guy. So it was kind of like going on the Kingpin thing. And Danny was actually going to be a porno
3: star, but then the idea was sold to somebody else. Right. Right. Now, with Doring, obviously you mentioned being the last ever east tag team champions. Can you just talk about some great feuds you had. Cause I remember Nova and Chetty, great matches you guys had against them. Even uh, Dreamer you mentioned and Raven when they were a team, F- Nova, F- Nova FBI, Media. Nova Meaning. Just talk about some of your favorite tag matches.
1: My favorite uh, opponents were the FBI, hands down. I mean, uh, no, no offense to anybody else we worked with, but hands down the FBI was my favorite opponents to work with. Any combination. Whether it was Guido and Sal, whether it was Tony Mamaluke and Guido, all three of them—it was—it was a lot of fun. We could do a lot of different things. I was able to show off that I could move for a big man with Tony Mamaluke because he's this little guy. I just whip around. We do kind of lucha spots. Yep. I couldn't do that with anybody else. I couldn't do that with like a Simon and Swinger. You know, they were just different styles. Yep. But I got to—I sh- liked working with them, the FBI, more because I got to do more different stuff.
3: Now, what made that chemistry so good with you and Danny Doran specifically? Because it was weird the way you guys kind of a different style but meshed together so well. What was the chemistry like between you guys? It was kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like what
1: they do with Enzo and Cass now. Enzo's the mouthpiece, Danny's the mouthpiece, and I'm the muscle behind it. I don't look anything like a seven-foot-tall giant, but uh, yeah, that's pretty
3: much the premise of it, I think. Now, obviously, we're here at the ECW Arena legendary place what is your favorite moment personally at the ecw arena that you were a part of
1: wow i was uh there's a lot there's a, uh, everything's coming back to my head but what pops in my head first is that first meeting of taz and sabu in the middle of the ring where they were plugging uh barely legal lights went off Noah's in the ring lights come on there's taz and sabu Lights go off again. I was in the middle, man, this place was electric because they hadn't touched or seen each other yep. in the middle of the ring, or on TV, or anywhere in in ECW, and that was the first time. The people just exploded. That was awesome. And <laughs> Terry Funk and Barely Legal winning the heavyweight title. Did this so much stuff in this arena. Actually, I debuted as the Angry Amish Warrior in this building, but before that, I think it was House Party. I wrestled Al Snow as Roadkill from Louisiana. Hmm. And I was I was the first one pinned by the head in this building.
3: Now let's just say you know when it's all said and done, it's all wrapped, and that's a you know obviously you know you're retired now. But let's just say we're looking back at Roadkill. What is the Angry Amish Warrior? What is Roadkill's basically his legacy left? What is that legacy in ECW? Like what is that mark that you left on the business? I don't know. I
1: couldn't I couldn't tell you what kind of mark I left on the business. You'll have to ask other people because because it's a matter of opinion. You know that's that. Uh, I had fun, man. I had no regrets. I, I pursued a dream that I had since I was a kid. I was able to wrestle in Madison Square Garden. And I just lost passion for it, so I don't do it anymore. I, like I said, it's it's a matter of opinion. You're going to have to ask fans or fans of mine what kind of mark I left because they'll give you the best answer.
3: Now, we'll always see you at these shows and stuff like that. What are you doing now? Obviously, you're here kind of in a double capacity and in, in double role here. So what are you doing now today?
1: Well, see... People don't recognize me, and I've seen it post on Facebook. Like, people say, Oh, I had a whole conversation with him. Then I realized it was him.
3: Hmm.
1: I sit in front of my pictures, and I don't get recognized because I don't have the beard, and I don't dress in the Amish attire anymore. So I make my money selling collectibles. I do better off with that stuff than I do. If I just sat here with roadkill pictures, it would be a waste of a day for me.
3: Hmm. Now, where can the fine folks? find roadkill if they want to find some collectibles or maybe they want to reach out and touch you get an autograph get you know get your feelings on uh, your old great tag team that you had where can they find you i'm on facebook i'm the ecw original angry amish warrior roadkill
1: if yeah whatever facebook is pretty much the only way right now
3: and how about collectibles if they want to buy some bret Harts or if they want to buy some tommy dreamers
1: uh i don't put that on i put that on ebay sometimes and uh that name is dark giant i use uh, andre's yeah. face from uh was it the Princess Bride? Yep. So I kind of mix Star Wars and wrestling, so he's the Darth Giant. That's the picture I've got up there. So you can find me on eBay there and support me there. And yeah, that's it. That's where you can find me.
3: Thank you very much to the former ECW World Tag Team Champion. Like he said, current current, current, current and last. last. Yes. Thank you very much, Brokill. Thank you. the 2300 Arena, formerly known as the ECW Arena with a former ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Just incredible. PJ, what does it feel to be back here at the ECW Arena in Philly? Uh,
2: anytime you're back here, there's always great memories, great uh, thoughts of uh, what this place used to be and what it is today. I mean, you know, uh, we're talking, you know, they used to make fun of it uh, on Raw, Jerry Lawler, that we were, uh, you know, a bingo hall promotion well, our blood, sweat, and tears turned it uh, from a bingo hall to a uh, multimedia uh, facility for concerts, boxing, wrestling—you name it. Uh, so uh, it's really—you uh, wouldn't know it if you if you haven't been here in 15 years. It's absolutely amazing, and uh, uh, it's just—it's uh, a great place, great place to see old friends, catch up on old times, and uh, you know, just. Meet, meet the fans. Meet the ones that made us who we are today.
3: What's your favorite moment of all time in the ECW arena for yourself?
2: Oh, God. Uh, I have so many of them. But one of the, well, believe it or not, you know, I have, there's, there's two, and I'll say them quick. One was obviously beating Tommy Dreamer to win the uh, ECW World Championship. But the second was when Sandman returned. And nobody knew he was going to be here. Not even the boys. And when the lights went out, uh, Lance Storm, myself, and Jason were in the ring. I had never, to this day, heard an arena shake as much as it did. I mean, the applause was thunderous. And it, And when the lights went on and he was there with the stick, uh, I mean, I've, I honestly, no, regardless, anywhere in the world, I've never heard an ovation. Quite like that. So that's
3: another one of my moments. What was it like today? You know, same with Raven, same with Joey Styles, sandman was behind you. What was it like kind of reminiscing with your old stable mates, if you will, of ECW?
2: Uh, I think a lot of guys say the same thing. It's uh it's like no time has passed. You know, uh I saw Beulah, I saw Dreamer, uh I saw Terry Funk, um, you know, Shane Douglas of course, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's like you know you just catch right back up to where you were and uh, you know you talk about the past you talk about the future talk about your family <laughs> you know and uh, it's just great it's like you know it's like back back where you were and like, like like if you went back in a time machine you know
3: now where would you rank ECW being the ECW world champion where would you rank that in your career like is that your top moment or one of your top moments being a part of ECW and being christened the world champion I would say
2: so, yeah. I would say my entire run uh, in ECW was my moment. Not necessarily beating Tommy Dreamer. Not that that wasn't great enough, but my entire run, uh, you know, was heralded by many uh, critics and writers as one of the best all-around world champions in ECW history, and that meant a lot to me.
3: Now, back in 2000 when you were world champion ECW, kind of you know making a big name for himself you're one of the the top 10 workers in the world and jerry lynn up there as well do you remember those times very very fondly just being able to have great matches not only with jerry but with so many people at that point because you were at the top of your game and ecw was at the top of their game
2: yeah i mean i worked with a different guy every night and uh you know uh sometimes i'd have a a great match with a guy like chris chetty who was a mid-card guy uh sometimes uh, i'd have a match with sabu Sometimes it would be to Jerry every night. It would be a different defense and uh, I rocked it with all of them You know, and uh, that's what uh, I was most proud of and Gabe Sapolsky Who was there through the whole thing because he uh, worked for Feinstein Rob Feinstein RF video? uh, said that I was the hardest working and had the best string of house show slash television pay-per-view matches out of any champion in ECW history, and I'll hold that to him, and, uh, and he's quoted saying that. So I didn't just make it up. <laughs> right.
3: Now, one last question for you. Last thing, legacy of yourself and ECW on the business. Like, what is your legacy going to be at the end of the day, as far as ECW, just incredible, is concerned?
2: Just a hardcore legend. Uh, just that that guy that's in your face uh, that would never quit that uh, would just keep coming for more that passionately loved the business i was the i was the evil tommy dreamer you could say raven was the evil tommy dreamer but i was truly the the evil tommy dreamer cuz raven was a lot more of a cerebral character and i
3: was the antithesis antithesis of that P.J., thank you so much. It's been awesome seeing you back here at the ECW Arena. Just one more time, where can I find folks, find you, Twitter, etc.
2: Uh, you know, find me at uh, on Twitter, at PJ Polacco. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. Go to YouTube. Go to the little search engine. Type in Pro Wrestling 101. Those are my uh, YouTube uh, instructional videos. There's over 50 of them, rave reviews, millions of views. And also, uh, something I'm proud of is uh, my website, TheJustIncredible.com, where you can get basically connected to my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, everything. BJ, thank you so
4: much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.